Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. So we are continuing our series on prayer. We love to preach on some of these basics because we've got to get the basics right, don't we? And often, as Christians, we feel a little convicted or a little lazy or a little something when it comes to prayer. So I want to encourage you this morning to pray. All kingdom ministry begins with, is sustained by, and will triumph through prayer. Jack Hayford, all ministry. If you have a ministry, if you have a a job, if you have a life without prayer, you're missing the power of God in that life, in that ministry, in whatever you do. Prayer is giving us that power. Now, Jesus prayed regularly. Jesus prayed. Jesus needed to pray. Jesus was God, and yet he needed to talk to God, his Father. So if Jesus needed to pray, we certainly do. And the disciples observing Jesus praying one time said, Lord, teach us to pray, which I like because the disciples were good Jewish boys. They would have known many, many psalms, which are very good for prayer. But they observed something different in Jesus and they realised we need to learn to pray. And I want to encourage you that we need help too. We need to learn to pray too, just like, just like the disciples. So have that heart this morning. Teach me to pray. How do I pray? And believe me, prayer is a learned skill. I know that because of my own life, beginning to pray. And then remember just, first of all, just being in bed and going, oh no, I forgot to pray. This is when I was a little little girl and going, oh, I better get out and pray. This is when I was doing it at night. And I remember getting out and just praying and then feeling like, does God even hear me? Like, what's going on? Like, is anything happening? <laughs> it was very random when I was young and trying to figure out what, what prayer is. But we can learn to pray and we can actually love to pray. We can get better at praying. We can be more powerful in prayer and we can hear from God more if we want to learn, if we're hungry for more of this power. So let's, let's have that attitude that the disciples had. Teach me to pray. To get better, pray. And so Jesus said, in answer to that, he said this in, or it's repeated in Matthew 6 and Luke 11. He said, Pray like this, pray like this. And then he taught them the Lord's Prayer. So, of course, we can pray in a million different ways, but that's a good way to pray. It's a good place to start, isn't it? If Jesus said, Well, pray, pray like this, in this manner, pray. So, personally, I actually pray the Lord's Prayer always, all the time. And so today I want to uh, just use that as a template and you can see a little bit of how, how we pray with the Lord's Prayer, how I pray and how it's, it's obviously we learn the actual words of the Lord's Prayer. That's a good place to start. And then it's a template and, we, and I expand on each of the sections of the Lord's Prayer and pray at length over each section and that's how I pray. That's what I do every morning. Our Father in heaven. Start there. 
So that's what I want to encourage you to do if you're not sure to pray. This is a good place to start. There's so many ways to pray. This is a good place to start. And so what we've done, when you leave um, church this morning, we've actually written the Lord's Prayer out for you. And we put some scriptures that you can use in that, within that prayer. So that's just, if you, if you want, take one of those and you can pray those scriptures through each of those sections. So that's just a little help if you want to have that. We've got that to hand out. So... Jesus said, when you pray, this is how you start. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven. So that's the first thing is a desire to connect with our Father. It's relational. It's not, it's not a transaction. It's not a business transaction. He's my Father. If you have a good Father, you want to talk to him. You want to hang out with him. You love him. Or anyone that you love and so there's this desire this hunger and we've got to start with that our father when we pray we've got to sometimes just stop right there father because sometimes you're like yeah okay i just gotta pray have you ever had someone talk to you and you feel like they're not really talking to you it's like am i are you hello <laughs> or you're not really listening and they don't seem to notice there's no connection you need to know when you draw near to God, he draws near to you and there's a connection. Sometimes I just stop right there. Father, Father, sense him listening, him wanting to listen. Be aware of him. Sometimes people pray, I'm like, you know God's listening to you, right? <laughs> They're like, so God, we pray, da, 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 and we pray, da, 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 and I'm like, are you talking to God? Like, <laughs> you know, it just... We've got to make the connection. Be aware. And for me as a child, that scripture, if drawn near to God and he will draw near to you, was so important to me because I, I didn't know if the connection was happening and I'd say, Father. But then that scripture, if I'm, if I'm going like that, he is like this. He's reaching out. He loves to reach back. He sent his son of course he listens. Of course he wants us to reach out to me. So it's lovely to have that time alone to truly focus. Catherine Ruanala says, we must find unhurried time to undo the knots in our hearts. That's nice, isn't it? Unhurried time. Nothing worse than going to pray. And you're just like, okay. I've got to pray, but I've got to be quick. So, um, and you can't sort of think, and you're thinking about, oh, they're this and that and this and that and distractions and all this stuff. You've got to have some time. Now, when it comes to how long you pray, there's no rules. But let me say, sometimes prayer is short, and that's okay. We have busy lives. God doesn't mind praying in the car sometimes, whatever. But let me encourage you to put aside at least 10 minutes every morning. Just put aside some time. If you could look at your clock and go, I can, I can do this. I can put this block aside. And if you know that, 10 minutes is not bad. You can actually really connect. It's not long enough, but it's a start. And then from there, but if you know you've got that time, you can actually, ah, just, I've got some time. Settle. Not, but, but I've got to go to work. I've got to get in the car. <laughs> like this. Just settle so that's a start i encourage people who are learning to pray say start with 10 minutes in the day and then make another date with god where you've got an hour 
two hours, just do whatever you want, a whole morning. Catherine was actually saying she says no to early morning meetings and Friday Arvo meetings. And I remember Peter McHugh, I remember his secretary showing me once his diary. He was a pastor, so he could do this. But he'd have all these appointments, all these people loved seeing him. He was a wise man. And then he'd have this huge block empty on one day and it just said, Jesus. It's already, it was already booked up. So we have to do sometimes, you have to book it up. That morning, that's for Jesus. That's the time. Mums, I know what it's like. I know. You have to block, you have to block that time up and sometimes it's even then. It's hard, especially with little ones. But the Lord is very gentle. He understands those desperate prayer times. I remember hearing about Samuel uh, Wesley's mother, who the great um, Charles, am I getting it right? Wesley, John Wesley, John and Charles, there was a whole bunch of them. She had 12, there was 12 of them. And the mother used to put her apron over her head <laughs> with 12 children. And she was like, this is the best I can do. So it is, there's all different seasons in prayer and God understands. But if we can make a date, and I remember there was a time in my world when, okay, I've got, I've got two at preschool, I've got one going down to sleep there, and if I'm lucky, the other one will go to sleep as well, and then ha, 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 no one's around. And if someone knocked up the door, I was like, go away! You know, like, this is my time! This, you know, so then I would, but the thing is, if you want to pray, God will show you that time. And also, it's the first time. It's the best time. For mum, that was the best time. But where's your best time? Find that time. Jesus said, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Interesting. There is a reward for prayer. So... God has no problems inspiring us with the concept of reward in the Bible, by the way. We like to think we just serve the Lord because we're so noble and we do everything right. But God's like, if you serve me, I'll, I'll bless you. If you pray, you will be rewarded. So I'm like, what is that reward? I don't know. I do know that I want it, whatever it might be, whether it's here now on earth or in heaven, I'll have whatever I can get from God. But he says, shut the door. The devil will ferociously attack your prayer time. He does not want you to pray. Your prayer is powerful. He will do everything he can to interrupt you. He will, everything will happen when you decide to pray. Sometimes it's external. You need to shut the door. It's like, no, I'm praying now. I, I sh not only do I shut the door now, but I, my husband often barges in. So I've got this great big black ribbon and I put it over the door. <laughs> so it's like, if he comes, he sees that, it's like, mm, can't, can't. <laughs> so, you know, you have to shut the door. Put your phone out. The phone is the ultimate door to the whole wide world. I, I cannot have the phone in my bedroom when I'm praying. It's like, it has to be, I, I switch it onto silent and I throw it on the bed in another room. You, you know what it's like, that rhyme, ding, it's like, oh, wonder who it is. Shut the door, be alone. The devil will try to stop, but he knows it's your power source. You need to be alone. I want God. I don't want anyone else. This is not going to be rushed. This is just him and me. And then you get on your knees and then you still have to shut the door because then what happens? And <laughs> it's funny praying on, it's preaching on prayer because you can imagine my prayer time all week. I'm like, oh, I want to really pray. I'm going to do what I'm saying. And of course, I, one time I got down to pray and I got this obsession in my brain with my board shorts that were missing. Go down to pray. I go, where are those board shorts anyway? 
I think they're here. I think, where are they? Like, I just can't, I can't find them because, you know, I'm jumping off rocks and things. I need board shorts. And, I, and I'm like, Ruth, stop it. It doesn't matter where your board shorts are. But, you know, this interesting thing, what your mind does, the weirdest things. Why does your house have to be immaculate all of a sudden? Why do I have to know where my board shorts are when I get down to pray? What, what is going on here, you know? And so this is this distraction, distraction. I've learned to have some paper nearby because some of the distractions are not bad, actually. Like I sometimes think God, they all come in at once. I almost feel like God says, let's get this all out of the way. So I just write it down. Okay, do this, do that, do that, do that. Okay, we good? We good? Okay, now I just get them out of the way. But we've got to watch what's going on in our mind and just focus in. And that can be quite hard. And that's, where we, that's why the disciples said, teach us. What does it look like to be able to settle my mind so that I'm focusing my, our Father in heaven? And there's the thing. He's in heaven. This is a different realm. And I have to, I have to I'm on earth. <laughs> so I have to make that connection. And the earth, it's like the whole earth doesn't want me to. Sometimes the dog's barking, you know, drive you crazy or whatever. So the earth's like, no, stay here, stay in the world. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I need to go there in my mind. So that's what I do. I, I see myself going up there. Going to the throne room, God's got a big smile on his face, just welcome me up and I'm like, here I am, I want to talk to you God, I focus on. So when we pray, let's go to God, let's not allow anything to stop us, laziness, negligence, distraction, busyness, no time to pray, you don't have enough time to pray, you don't have enough time to live. Get a life. Get the right life. I do know some people. They say, I just don't have any time. They tell me their life and I think, well, you got the wrong life. Because if you can't connect with the God who made you, figure it out. Figure it out. You're going to die. That's like saying to you, I was preaching at youth and I was talking about connecting to the power source and I'm trying to, we had, I had you know, gardening references and I thought, these kids don't know anything about gardening. What am I talking about? Like, you know, when God prunes you and they're just like... No, <laughs> but I was talking about connecting to God, abiding in Christ, connecting to the power source. I went, iPhone. So I'm like, it's like plugging in your phone, isn't it? I said, if you don't plug the phone in, it's got no power. What do you do with this phone? And they were like, you could use it as a chalk under a table if it's wobbly. I went, yeah, exactly. You could throw it at someone. I said, yeah, it's going to be a kind of a weapon. Not very, you know, what, what is the use of a, of, of a dead iPhone? Not a lot. So if you're not connected to the power source, come on. Get a life. Plug in. You've got to pray. So Jesus didn't, didn't say, if you can find the time to pray. He said, when you pray, pray like this. We need to obey God. So I was thinking about Daniel. Talk about praying. He was the prime minister of Babylon. So he was probably quite busy. But he found time to pray. So much so that he made people jealous and they banned prayer. I thought that's interesting. You know, we... Um, we often talk about our religious freedoms in the West. But, you know, the truth is that our level of freedom is probably as great as it's ever been. This is the, the norm for Christianity is not to be free, to be persecuted, to be put aside for hundreds of years, hundreds of years. If you were a Christian, you were not permitted to go to universities or get government jobs. Do you know that? You were a nonconformist. That's why America started. The Puritans were like, we've had enough of this, let's... Go, let's go somewhere else so we can be free. 
We are very free. But um, how do we use our freedom, you know? Anyway, so this, uh, these jealous ministers decided to go to the king and said, no one should pray to anyone but you. So if they pray, let's do the death penalty. So they said, all right, king says, all right, that appealed to his pride. And so then they announced, if you pray, you will die. Death penalty. Would you still pray? I mean, we talk about distractions. Talk about it's hard to pray. You pray, you die. So what does Daniel do? I'm praying. I'm praying. I'd rather pray than live. Because if I don't pray, I'm not alive anyway. So it says that in Daniel 6.10, so when Daniel knew the writing was signed, he went home in his upper room and he opened the windows. He was like, fine. He wasn't even like, I mean, he could have prayed quietly in his room, surely. He's like, no, no, I'm breaking the law here because there's a higher law. We always, civil disobedience is all right if there's a higher law. And the higher law was, I'm praying. He knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks to God before, and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. So he just refused to hide his prayer and also he was determined to pray. Let us have that courage and determination when all we're dealing with is a, an iPhone or a barking dog or we want to get to work early. Come on. That's how important it is to pray. He knelt. It says he knelt and prayed. Can I also encourage you to kneel? Paul said, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes physical obedience brings spiritual relief. Okay, sometimes if you're lying in bed, I'll just pray like this. It's like your body says you're asleep. How do you think your prayer time's going to go? <laughs> sometimes it's good to kneel. We don't have to kneel. Sometimes it's good to kneel, to raise our hands. To... So I, I get on my knees. I feel like I'm praying. Okay, let's pray. But anyway, that's just an aside. Sure enough, he was thrown into the lion's den. So they said, we're going to kill you. But in this instance, God delivered him. He was, they didn't eat him. They just... Just like nice little golden retrievers, friendly, and they didn't eat him. And the interesting thing was King Darius, it was, it was you know, such a great victory because King Darius sent a decree to everyone in the kingdom that they must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel because he is the living God. This is a pagan king. So there's a new law. So one man stands up and says, I am going to stand for Jesus. I will not, I will pray And now the entire kingdom is commanded to worship God. See the power of prayer? I don't know if he even prayed that. Did he even pray that prayer? It doesn't say that. It just says he prayed about whatever he prayed about. Praise God. So King Darius declared that this God is steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one that will not be destroyed. Very exciting. So there's so many stories about great men and women who have made that connection. Jean Guion was a Christian mystic and author in the 1600s. Her husband and mother-in-law persecuted her terribly when she got married to an older man and they didn't allow her to pray and they had a maid that would watch her mouth and they'd interrupt her every minute that she was alone, every minute that she was, looked like she might be praying. And you'd, no, 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 you can't pray, you can't. Can you imagine that? She said... I believe there is hardly a torment equal to that of one being ardently drawn to prayer 
and not having it in one's power to do so. Oh my God, the war they raised to me to hinder me from loving you did but augment my love. I was scarcely able to contain the fire that burned in my soul. The spirit of prayer was nourished and increased from their endeavours to disallow me from practising it. Eventually the mother-in-law and the husband died and she was able to pray. Can you imagine that kind of persecution, that you're not able to pray? And yet she prayed. What do we go? I might lose a bit of sleep. I don't want to miss this Netflix show. Come on, guys. Let us, let us prioritise prayer every single day. Major General Sir Henry Havelock, obviously a hero of mine and our families. Actually, we're kind of related to him, so that's partly why he's a hero. But he was a British hero and soldier um, back in the 1800s, I think. He was also a great man of God and he led a whole group of his officers and soldiers around him to some great victories and they, he was known as a praying general and the officers around him recorded that Havelock started the day as he always did. He invariably secured two hours in the morning for reading the scripture and private prayer. If the march began at six, he rose at four. If at four, he rose at two. How cool is that? I was very convicted preparing this message, i got to tell you. I was like, oh God, two o'clock in the morning to pray. I'm like, okay. But, um, but God is good. Teach us to pray. He'll teach us when we can pray and how to pray. And I know a lot of you probably aren't getting up at two o'clock in the morning, but let's begin where we can start, okay? Praise the Lord. So our Father in heaven, let's make that connection. Let's be determined to make that connection. Hallowed be your name. Worship. We worship him. We thank him. We love him. I love to preach on the Lord's Prayer. And the last time I preached on it, I preached one message for each of these. It was like a six-week message. So this week is a little faster. I'm just going to go through it just today. So I'm not going to focus in on each section. But you can see there when we say hallowed be your name, to hallow means to sanctify, to make holy. It's worship. And let me encourage you. Get your guitar out. Start singing. I'm sure our neighbours think we've got the most amazing choir in our house. <laughs> There's lots of singing and guitar playing and tambourines. It's great. Gets you going. Sometimes when your prayer is a little, finding it hard, you know, because it's all different emotions when you pray. You know, we're always in a different place. But I find worship is great to just break through, just come into his presence. And if you don't play an instrument, Make a Spotify list, you know, get, get a playlist happening. Figure it out. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so now we come to some exciting parts. We change the earth with prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. At this point, I pray for whatever is on my heart. Whichever ones of you are on my heart, I pray for the kingdom of God to come into your heart. Whatever is going on in our society, I pray about. Some people don't uh, look at current affairs. That's okay. Probably healthy for some of you. Personally, I'm quite interested in current affairs. And if something really bothers me, I get right into it. But I try not to just get annoyed because you know how you can just get like, I can't believe, I can't believe they're doing this. I try to pray about it. I use my interest for prayer. If you're interested in something, Pray about it. God is obviously talking to you about that. You know, the George Pell case really bothered me. It was so unjust. I read everything I could about it. I read the entire 
uh, legal justice, the what is it called, Mark, the judgment that the judges gave, those Victorian judges, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it, how unfair it was. Even with my little basic knowledge of law, I was like, well, this is clearly unfair. And so I prayed, and then when he went to prison, I'm just like, this is terrible. So I, I found the name of those judges, and I went, I'm praying over those judges, especially the, the bad one. There was one good one whose judgment was good, but, you know, we, we don't just get annoyed. We pray. We make a difference. Come on, God. That's not right. I prayed for those high court judges. I thought, well, I hope they get it right. And praise God, they finally did. Figured it out that that was an unfair situation. I read his entire prison journals. God bless him. He was such a darling. I could hardly believe the grace and sweetness of the man in prison for something he didn't do. Watching TV, it was so sweet. He'd watch the Christian shows in the morning in prison. I mean, he didn't have a great time in prison, but... He watched, and, I, and he would watch Hillsong. <laughs> so funny reading George Pell. He was going, not a, not a bad message, you know. And then he started talking about interesting suits that they wear, very colourful. He said, I think it makes one think perhaps it is better to just wear the plain robes and not have to think about fashion each day that you preach. And I'm like, yeah, maybe George. I don't know. You know, like, I like to be a bit colourful. So, but anyway, that bothered me, so I prayed. Okay, so whatever is bothering you, if it's a social issue, pray. If it's something at your job, if you have a difficult boss, who hasn't had a difficult boss? Pray for them, okay? If you've got, if, obviously with your family and your loved ones, we need to pray. Or other people's kids. I pray for other people's kids all the time. Let me tell you about Reese Howells. Talk about prayer. Have you read this book? Who's read this book? Reese Howells, Intercessor. Ha! Huh. What a cracker of a book, hey? I love this book. So Reese Howells was a, a praying man, a, a missionary from Wales, and he started a Bible college in the 1900s. So at that Bible college, they were there with a group of students when the war broke out in the 1930s, and they decided to pray. Through all the years of the war, the whole college was in prayer every evening from 7 o'clock to midnight with a brief interval for supper. They never missed a day. This in addition to an hour's prayer every morning and often at midday. They just, they went, we need to pray. This is bad. So one of the issues of prayer was um, Dunkirk. You will remember that the uh, entire British army, I think not, I don't know if it was the Navy as well, they were stuck in Dunkirk and they were going to be killed and destroyed by the Germans. It would have been a, a, a dreadful defeat. So they had to get them off. The entire army, they had to evacuate them from the beaches of Dunkirk and so these men were prayed and he said the prayer was for God to intervene at Dunkirk and save the men assurance was given he says I feel sure it will be all right this is before it was all right on May the 29th the evacuation at Dunkirk the battle is the Holy Spirit there is no hope of victory from a worldly standpoint but God has said he is going to intervene he can change the bad news to good news. We state in plainest terms, the enemy will not invade Christian Britain. Many in Britain recall the terror of those days. Dunkirk was acknowledged by various leaders to be an intervention from God. It was an incredible story. Every boat in England was on that calm, calm sea that night and went across to France without being bombed. The Germans didn't know and they just evacuated. Every single British soldier off the beaches. Incredible. 
And then there was the Battle of Britain, which I also want to talk a little bit about because it's prayer. Who knew? Like you hear these stories and you think, yeah, that's great. So what? It was amazing. People were praying. What if, I'm sure he wasn't the only one praying in England, but what if they weren't praying? It makes a difference. And these stories are so cool and exciting. So then you have the Battle of Britain, which is when the Nazis sent over uh, the Air Force to basically bomb Britain to bits and then invade. So they, they, they organised a day of prayer. The whole of Britain, they declared, Winston Churchill declared, we need a day of prayer. And he writes that millions of prayer went up in that day and we believed. He said, we had a sense of great victory. God will deal with the devil in the Nazis and put an end to this wicked system. Our prayer for London is that God will turn the tide and save lives. And then they talk about how fierce the Battle of Britain was, that Buckingham Palace was bombed, people were getting bombed. We prayed that London would be defended and the enemy would fail through and through. And God has answered our prayer. So in this instance, you pray until you get a sense of breakthrough and victory. And they had that sense. They had a sense. It's going to be okay. Sometimes it's not how long you pray. You pray until. Pray until the peace comes. Pray until you say, okay. It's all right, God's heard. Sometimes we stop too soon. We stop and we're like anxious. And, uh, well, I've got to stop. It's like keep praying, pray until. That's what they did. Sometimes it little, takes a little time. He says, we have believed. God has made known to us what will come to pass. Every creature is to hear the gospel. Get this. Palestine is to be regained by the Jews. Huh? That's amazing as well because that didn't happen until some time later. So that was the, the, you can see the devil's purpose to kill all the Jews so that they, is, they couldn't return to Israel, which is prophetic that Israel had to be regained by the Jews. It's all in the Old Testament. And he says, Palestine, which was, was in those days, will be regained by the Jews. They prayed that. Winston Churchill, in his war memories, tells of how he went to the operation room of the Royal Air Force that day and watched the enemy squadrons pour over into his country. He finally asked the air marshal, what reserves have we? There are none, he answered. Mr Churchill was very grave. Another five minutes passed. All of a sudden, the enemy started to go home. Why? There were no, no, more, no more British Air Force, none. They were done. They were about to lose. The Germans started to go home. The shifting on the discs on the table showed a continuous eastern movement of German bombers and fighters. No new attack appeared. In 10 minutes, the action was ended. There seemed no reason why the Luftwaffe should have turned for home just at the moment when victory was in their grasp. But we know why. After the war, Air Chief Marshal Lord Dowding, Commander-in-Chief of Fighter Command in the Battle of Britain, made this observation. I don't know if he was a saved man. Even during the battle, one realised from day to day how much external support was coming in. At the end of the battle, one had the sort of feeling that there had been some special divine intervention to alter the sequence of events which would otherwise have surely occurred. Isn't that exciting? Don't you love it? When we get to heaven, we are going to hear so many stories like that. We're going to get to heaven and, and so many things that happen and people go, oh, that was amazing. It was like, that was God. That was these people at 101 who had a prayer meeting who prayed about that. They prayed about that. 
You know, why, why did all seven of the High Court judges decide that George Pell was innocent when the Victorian judges said he was guilty? I was praying. I'm sure, I'm sure Mark Fowler was praying. There's a whole bunch of us praying for that. Our prayers are so powerful. Your kingdom come, your will be done. This is normal, guys. This is the way it is. It's really exciting. So when I say let's pray, it's not just it's great for me. I get blessed. I get rewarded. It's great for our families our community, our society. We are changing the world. How exciting to be a part of that. I love doing this. I'm telling you, I've done some pretty cheeky things with some of my prayer friends. I remember with one of them, we just decided this politician had to go. We were like, this person is really bugging us and they are really not, they are really, I don't know, just in my spirit. (laughs) This is Janelle, she's giving me a little smile. We agreed, we agreed. So let's pray about it. We prayed and she rang me up like a few days later, she goes, oh my goodness, I know, right? They just suddenly resigned. Suddenly, no reason, just resigned. And we were like, wow, this thing is powerful. We use it wisely. I don't just pray about anything. We need to be very wise and careful in prayer. But this is the normal life of an exciting Christian. It's very exciting. Elijah prayed over a dead child. He came to life. Elisha did the same thing. Jesus prayed over Lazarus' grave. Peter prayed also, and dead Dorcas sat up. Isaac prayed for his barren wife. She had two sons. Hannah prayed and had Samuel. Elizabeth prayed and had John the Baptist. Would these women have had their babies if they hadn't prayed? Isaiah prayed and turned the sun back. Hezekiah prayed and an angel destroyed an entire army of Sennacherib in one night. Daniel prayed and had a vision of the future. Cornelius prayed and the gospel was sent to the Gentile world. I could go on and on and on. The Bible is absolutely full. Prayer is of incredible, transcendent importance in this life. We must pray because you have a calling to prayer. You are called to pray. What difference will you make? What difference will you make? Your kingdom come, your will be done with the judges, with the pregnancies, with dead people, with war. Your will be done. We need to pray it in. Give us today our daily bread. God will give us all our physical, emotional and spiritual needs. I'll leave it at that for that one. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Sin hinders prayer. One of the reasons why we don't want to sin is because we don't want to be honest. I don't want to sin. One of the reasons we don't want to pray is because we're not honest with God. If you're finding it hard to pray, get really honest. Have you got something you don't want to talk to him about? Because it's the same as when you have that with a relationship. You know when you have had a relationship and you had a big fight and then you don't want to deal with it, you don't want to talk about it? Well, then you don't want to talk about anything, do you? It's like, hello, hi. I don't feel like talking to you. You know, it's like you get all, there's, there's a sort of a blockage. So what happens is when we sin and we're like, okay, hi God, and God's like, Ruth. I'm no, no, I'm fine. So what? I, and you don't want to talk about that. You don't want to deal with that. Then your prayer is kind of fake. You know it's fake. God knows it's fake. So it's not fun. So then maybe you don't want to do it. So sin is a real problem in prayer. And God actually says that. Psalm sixty-six, eighteen. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Whoa. If I regard, if I hold on to sin. If I have unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, or any kind of nasty sin in my heart, God will not hear me because he wants me to deal with it. It's not because he doesn't like me. 
He's saying, we need to talk about this. Don't just deal with what's real. So before we start going off into changing the world, we've got to make sure we're in a good place. So Jesus taught us to confess our sins, probably daily for most of us. There's usually something, isn't there? It's not hard. It's so, it's so wonderful. Jesus died for us. He's already forgiven us. All we've got to do is just admit it, be honest. All right, God, I, I admit it. I did this. I'm sorry. And then it's done. Maybe what you need to admit is you've actually never prayed to God. So tell him that. Maybe you've never asked him. Into, maybe you've been ignoring him for your whole life. Tell him that. Say, I'm sorry, God. I've been ignoring you. I, I don't even pray. Just humble yourself before God who made us. Admit where we're at. Admit our bad attitudes. Admit everything. And, you know, it's so beautiful to feel clean. Creating me a clean heart, oh God. It's such a lovely feeling. All that stuff, you just give it to God. Jesus took it all on the cross. Thank you, Lord. Ah. I'm starting from now. It's a lovely, 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 lovely. They're just the incredible blessing of our salvation that we get to start again with God. Be fresh. So forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So, you know, whoever is on the list, I for God, I forgive them. <laughs> I forgive them for being mean. And you probably have to forgive, like, all sorts of people. Maybe people who don't even know they've done something wrong to you. Maybe that person didn't talk to you at church and you thought, well, they just walked right past me. Just forgive them. They, maybe they didn't see you. You don't have to go and tell them. Just go, God, I forgive them. Maybe they were being mean, but maybe they just didn't see me. Whatever. I forgive. Just let it go. You know, big things, little things. I know big things are hard. Some big things that I've had to forgive. I've prayed I forgive that person for years. When you say, I forgive so-and-so, what was it? it wasn't you, darling. You're just the everyday little ones. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's true, though, when you're married, there's quite a few little things that come up every day, isn't it? I forgive him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, for, you know, we all have some big ones. And I say, God, I forgive that person for... And then I just decide, I forgive them. And then the next day, I feel angry with them again and it comes up again and I feel, mm, <laughs> so I do it again. So I just keep doing it. I don't feel like I've forgiven them. I decide to forgive them and eventually, oh, eventually, the sweetness comes. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. This is a war. We're in a war, sometimes an actual war, certainly an actual war at the moment in some places of the world but definitely a spiritual war. We have enemies against us. We have enemies within us. Sometimes our own flesh is our enemy. We have a devil who wants to destroy us, but those weapons will not prosper. Christ is the captain of our salvation. The Holy Spirit is our helper. We have the armour of God. We can be sure of victory. So we pray, lead us not into temptation. Deliver me from all this stuff, God. Let me walk in this victory. Yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. You're the winner. I'm joining. I'm on the winning side. But we need to be sure that we are on the winning side, that we, we are praying and breaking into that place of victory every single day. Hallelujah. 
Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. So we finish where we began with praise and worship. And let's make sure that we do get to that place of praise at the end. Let's make sure that there's a bit of, there's a sense of breakthrough. And if ever I have a prayer time and I, and I actually really have to go and I maybe feel like I've prayed a long time but I still don't feel breakthrough, I just go back again. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to keep praying on this. I have to go back until I come back to that place of praise. Hallelujah. I hope you are inspired to pray. I hope you don't feel too convicted as I did. <laughs> preparing this message. I am a worm. I need to pray more. <laughs> Not more, just, I don't know. You know what it's like. I just want more of God. Be like that. Don't allow the bigness of some people's lives to stop you from starting to have a big life. You know what I'm saying? So, well, I can never be like that. It's like, yes, you could. You can change your world in prayer. So let's pray. Teach us to pray. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, I speak as a spirit of prayer on every person here, every person online. Lord God, a spirit of prayer that we are diligent, we are determined, we love to pray. Let us be a praying people. Let this be a house of prayer, Father God. We are I just come against laziness or busyness or rush, whatever it is, Lord. Let us be a praying people. Touch our hearts. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.